TV nopes. Maybe I'll use this audio for a theme song. I honestly think that could work. You just like get some royalty-free music underneath there and have have a little a little fun with it, and you know. Hey, people, let's people and let's it. leave in. I think let's leave in that part too. That's great. Hello, welcome back to the TV Nopes podcast, a podcast about bad media criticism using a TV tropes page that shouldn't exist as a jumping off point. Uh, this month, I am joined by comedian, uh, redacted tonight, correspondent, uh, Pod Damn America podcast co-host, Anders Lee. Anders Lee here. Thank you for being here, Anders. I uh, Yeah, happy to be you, back. Uh, as far as I can tell, you are a fan favorite because of one of the few people who uh, respond, who who tweets at me about this podcast. Shout out to you, Ethan, on Twitter or Ian. Sorry, <laughs> wow, that would have Ian, messed up to be. Yeah, no, it's Ian. I'm sorry, Ian. <laughs> I meant Ian. Um, uh, I on when I had Alex on the tack uh, to talk about Squid Game, the Squid Game TV tropes page. Uh, I asked which TV Nopes guest would best survive the Squid Games, and he said he tweeted me and said he thought it'd be you. Really? That is yeah. a shock. <laughs> I would. Uh, hey, I'll take it. I not true, but I'm flattered. Your prize is getting to appear on TV Nopes again. <laughs> that cool. would be really disappointing if uh, Gihun made it all the way to the end of the squid game and then the front man was like here is your prize and he like put on headphones and he's like we're going to record an episode of my podcast and you yeah. get to be on it <laughs> get ready to talk about married with children yeah he's <laughs> just we're talking about the niche american show married with children episode <laughs> by episode and he's like oh, i haven't seen it he goes okay we'll watch it quick in this limo <laughs> while i drive you back and then we'll we'll still have time um Spoiler alert! There's a oh, I guess spoiler alert for who wins Squid Game. You're you're not gonna watch it if you're listening to this and you haven't watched it yet, right? That's the is also there. the main character, so it feels yeah. That would be. I think you could probably hazard a guess. Yeah. That uh, I did one of the things we talked about on the Squid Game episode that we did on the TV tropes page is it was a Washington Post article we found like during recording about how you can watch Squid Game even if it is uh, psychologically traumatic for you. <laughs> and how is that? Uh, there are some tips. There were ones like try not to look at the screen when something bad's happening. Just look at the corners. Uh, okay. Think about something else while you're watching it. Read a summary beforehand. Uh, and at some point, I just want to say, like, I uh, hope this doesn't come across as, like, insensitive. But maybe you don't have to watch media right. that's traumatizing to you. It's okay. I know that, like, at the time it seemed like everyone was talking about it. But don't worry. In a few weeks, they'll be talking about, um, well, Ox still The Sopranos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the new Cowboy Bebop. So, hey, that's the thing now. And if that's traumatizing to you, uh, don't worry. Two weeks from now, there'll be some new thing that everyone talks about. That's right. Just don't watch that. End the article there. Don't watch. Just don't watch. Just don't. How to watch Squid Game if it uh, if you can't handle it? It's like don't don't hurt your mental health for Squid Game. It's it's not. Which I did. I'm I'm serious. I 
I don't know if this is related, but I had a, yeah, I had a spell of mental, mild, mild mental health uh, problems while watching Squid Game. I don't know if that was related, but. It might be. It can happen. I I should have sent you the article if I had known. Hmm. The, I think I had that after watching The Sinner. Uh, Because it's like, I mean, it's not just from that, but it was like you know other sorts of anxiety stuff i have anyway and then sure. it's like the i don't know if you've seen it it's got um got bill pullman as like a really yes. sad sack alcoholic detective who gets peed on that's the new thing in okay shows. yeah that's the one with uh jessica beals in the first season she knifes a guy for no reason yes okay and the third season so it's like very uh it's all they've all got bill pullman but they're yeah. all like very um Otherwise, each season is sort of anthological. Like, it's like he's in it, but it's pretty unconnected otherwise, the case he's, like, dealing with and the characters they introduce. And the third one is, like, the guy from Suits was college friends with Chris Messina, and Chris Messina was this, like, uh, really sort of destructive nihilist who just wants to like challenge the bounds of morality and do horrible things for no reason Mm. and he just shows up at the guy's house uh in the middle of the night and is like we're we're gonna do it again and it's uh it's it's not uplifting by any means it's um if you ever want to see oh well that would spoil something okay but i don't know it is spoilers for the sinner. Um, sins if you ever happen. Want, say, oh, no, there's real sins. There's a, uh, you know what? People can watch it if they want to. Anyway, um, but today we're talking about the Sopranos, a show where nothing bad happens. <laughs> um, and you watched, so I have not watched many Saints of Newark. I think you did watch. What yeah. was your? You, we we won't. Let's not uh, get too deep on. I heard. The general consensus I kind of heard was not great. It seemed like. Yeah, I really wanted to like it, but it yeah. was, it was a bad, it was a bad movie. I I will I will admit it. Uh, it just was. I think the problem is it was trying to do a little too much. Like the there were just too many characters, and they were all sort of interesting, but they all because it was a movie, and not a series they all felt a little short changed. And so it felt a bit meandering. Um, so it wasn't really focused enough on just a couple main characters. It kind of tried to give every character its due and that just wound up stretching it too thin and, and being weird. Uh, so it, it would have been, and I, I don't think I'm the only person to say this, but it would have been better as a mini series or, or a show or something. Um, it's surprising they wouldn't go that way given how big like miniseries and streaming stuff is and it's not like there were like there weren't any like huge stars who you think they couldn't get to commit to like a f- you know six episodes or something right like who was were there any like big name there was james i know james gandolfini's son is playing young right. tony yeah um the vera farmiga i think would probably be the biggest one i mean i think okay. the reason they didn't do that is because david chase creator of the sopranos has always wanted to be a filmmaker before he mm, went into TV, okay. he's like, I want to make movies. I want to make movies. This TV stuff is just, you know, kind of a distraction. Uh, and the Sopranos happens. And after The Sopranos, he makes a movie. 
and it is maybe, yeah, I would say worse than The Many Saints of Newark. Uh, not Fade Away. Terrible, terrible movie. Um, so I think his brain was has just wired been wired to make TV. He's a TV guy. He's a very good TV. He makes very yeah, good TV. Yeah, I was going to say. That's that's so weirdly like I don't know if it's tragic, but that's so funny to me that the person who just wants to, uh, you know, make this one kind of art and then ends up making the best version of a different kind of right. art and is just like, but this isn't what I want to do. Yeah, like because that's like that's wild. Because I still, you know, we actually watched Sopranos for the first time last year. I hadn't watched it, and we were watching it in quarantine. I was like, oh, you know people talk about you gotta watch Sopranos I legit part of me is almost glad I waited so long to watch it because I feel like there are other TV shows I would have been much less impressed with that I watched at the time like one example I cite even though I think it's still quite good and engaging I think if I watched Breaking Bad after the Sopranos I don't think I would have been as impressed by it because I'm kind of like oh well the Sopranos happened like over over a decade before this and i think it's i you know no offense to vince gilligan who seems like a charming guy and i think it's still a great show but i think is it might seem weird to compare but it does feel like people held up breaking bad breaking bad being that's the <laughs> chicago uh, over here yeah chicago yeah yeah the breaking bad look this guy why is he so bad he puts uh ketchup on his hot dogs <laughs> Ugh, that's real bad um yeah, people hold up Breaking Bad, I feel like, as the hinge point of the newer kind of prestige TV era, and Sopranos is kind of like the first hinge point. And so just in that sense, um, you know, I mean, not that Sopranos, I think, is a perfect show by any means. I think there's stuff you can point to both specifically and then like. I think it is. It's very close. Yeah. It's very close. I think it's 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 one of those things where the closer you get to perfection, the more the little nitpicks can stick out. I think it's it might be the best TV show. So yeah. I, I guess that sort of raises the question of whether a perfect TV show could even exist, um, which isn't a very interesting question. So we don't <laughs> have to dive into that. It doesn't really mean anything. Um I I, it might, I mean, like, it might be the best TV show. I don't think, like, recently, I think stuff I've seen that I put in, that I don't think I don't think it's better than, but I put up. I really like, like, Veep. I like Succession a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the Sopranos easily most quotable also. All the characters are just so well realized which i think does uh lead in well into the um so the tv tropes page for sopranos i don't think the actual list of tropes had all that much to look at but thankfully as i've done this podcast i've realized that the uh tab up top which have these different sort of pages um of different kinds of compilations can have some real gold and so the first one that i kind of want to focus on is on the tv tropes page for sopranos at the top left there is a tab for analysis and this is i guess where people uh sort of assume or in this case like maybe two people and that's all kind of are giving their analysis and 
there's lots of good analysis of the Sopranos out there. Um, I like that some people have talked about recently how people, I think a lot of people in our generation can kind of relate to the idea of Tony as someone who, like he says, is coming in at the end of this thing. Mm -hmm. If it's not, not if not to be like too fatalistic or too like apocalyptic, because I don't think necessarily the end, uh, it's not necessarily the end of everything, but certainly the end of a boom time where it feels like whatever comes next, you know, in Tony's case, this high times of the mafia and them running everything and everyone, you know, these real tough guys, which of course has their own issues for how they're dealing with that and coming in at this time where his kids, he doesn't even think that, he doesn't think for a second that Meadow or AJ are going to be, you know, are going to be a part of this. I mean, it doesn't... It doesn't seem like anything he'd even want them to be a part of anymore. He kind of definitely pines for the glory days where now he feels like he's just dealing with, like, you know, the bullshit of this. In the same way that, you know, a lot of people in our generation, clearly whatever comes next is not going to be the thing where you go to college and you have a house that for most people that has the mortgage and you have stocks and you retire at 65 and you live off of that and you go do whatever you know clearly there are going to be adjustments one way or another in yeah it's what comes next it's about the end of history and that's yeah. why i think it is a superior show to breaking bad is because breaking bad's a good character study uh, Sopranos is a great character study, and it's much more than that. It's sort of a about America in, in the late twentieth century, uh, yeah. but they ch- but the subject they choose is not you know it it's not because around this time they were doing making movies like you know American Beauty about the suburban the uh, sort of um, the frustrations of suburban American life and and that's there but it's from the point of view of just an abnormal person who still has these qualms and these feelings about uh yeah the end the end of history uh and yeah so I think it's a a much more interesting cultural commentary than uh than Breaking Bad or really many other shows yeah yeah I mean I think it's it's you know you see the um the way and it's it's also very interesting that it came it's it's very interesting i think on some level and i'm sure people have dug into this that the show i think midway give or take through the show's run 9-11 happens maybe a little earlier than midway. yeah like sec uh third third season yeah it's so it is it's like about midway and it's very interesting yeah. i think on some level that it definitely is there and it's not ignored, but it makes the show feel even more prescient that what was this supposedly, and on some levels, you know, world-changing, history-changing event happens. And yet the show doesn't change that much, and it still feels like it nailed it at the beginning, and it kept going. Like, it almost t- taps into something that was deeper and more inevitable than this event which maybe which like to to say you know seems like it changed the course of history but also maybe we were already looking at this sort of kind of path of decline which obviously there's you know things look differently at least in the short term afterwards but i wonder if where we ended up uh was 
you know, that was sort of, I mean, that's a lot to go into. However, this, that's an example of analysis. Uh, there's also analysis here on the analysis TV tropes page. Uh, it warns spoilers ahead. So heads up people. Um, the first thing someone wrote, they said, uh, they are that Silvio and Polly represent the archetypes against which Tony judges himself. Silo, Silvio is the gangster Tony hopes he is. Polly is the gangster he's afraid he much he might be. I don't see this at all. <laughs> I no. think this is an odd. I think both of them are kind of goofy. Polly obviously is more inept, um, not but not like completely. So you know he's not like. There's a reason he's been hanging around. Like, you know, you can't make it to that age as part of the mob. And, like, you see all these people die at pretty young ages who are just fuck-ups and fucking up, you know, sometimes through more fault of their own, sometimes through less. But, like, Polly is still pretty capable. And Silvio is, like, getting mad about Columbus Day. Like. Right. Yeah, but. Polly is a good earner, but uh, has hit a uh, a cap as far as how far he'll advance in the the crew and the mob, and that's because of his immaturity. And uh, I think Tony recognizes that and and doesn't really worry. You know, he he uses himself as much smarter than than Polly. And Silvio is just kind of his buddy. You know. Yeah. That, that that was one of the I think the worst parts about um. Many Saints of Newark is the fact that Silvio is like 20 years older than Tony in the movie, which doesn't make any sense if you've watched the show. Um, but yeah, yeah he's, he's constantly a older. Yeah, he's right. He's I thought they were like the same age or even he was even younger. But um, but yeah, he's he's his advisor. He's his right hand man. He's not. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't buy that. Yeah, this is the whole, it goes on to say, like, Silvio is wise, stoic, the epitome of the strong, silent type Tony so admires. When he's angry, it's genuinely frightening. It's also, like, Tony is still in charge of Sil. Like, he consults Sil, but this idea that he's, like, it's sort of like they're saying, like, oh, he's someone Tony aspires to be. Like, no, he's in charge. He's the boss. Like, it's not. It says on the flip side, we have Polly Walnuts, who embodies the absurdity of the show. This is so, okay. On the flip side, we have Polly Walnuts, who embodies the absurdity of the show that ultimately keep oh keeps people watching. I thought it said keeps people from watching, and I was <laughs> like, "Who's like, man? I want to watch Sopranos, but I can't deal with this Polly Walnuts guy." I'm sure there's Why some support? weirdos out there. Like, people have a lot, you know. People yeah. have a lot of weird opinions about things, and whenever anything gets big, they always have to ha- say like, you know you get like the twitter thread that's just like wow sopranos there was one uh that's someone had a tweet that was like um did seinfeld mark the beginning of the like end of empathy in our culture that's allowed people to (laughs) to do such cruelty and my favorite was someone quote tweeted it and just said yes seinfeld embodied the lack of empathy that but that's right (laughs) like it's people just want I, I, whenever people talk about the ways like media impacts people, I think it's so much more the opposite where media reflects the culture. I do think it can go like obviously, if someone's never met you know a Muslim person and then they just got all their info about Muslim people from TV and movies post nine eleven, like 
yeah, they're probably going to have some messed up ideas. But I do think there's, like, a limit on that. Like, I can't imagine someone watching Seinfeld and just being like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to uh, I'm gonna start being like George. Like, it's like you watch the show and you're like, wow, this jo-. I mean, he does, he does, I guess, uh, hook up with many, many women who I would say by conventional standards are more attractive yeah. than he is. But I, but otherwise, like, he doesn't seem like he's ever having a good time of it. No, yeah. I mean, does culture make some impact on people's consciousness and all, all that stuff? Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's messaging that's uh, hit again and again and again and again and, and, you know, rings true in people's brains about gender and other things. But to say to reduce it all to like one show is like Breaking Bad yeah. is not responsible for the rise of fascism, especially because it's not whatever undertones you want to find in there. Uh, it's this is this was another tweet that went viral recently. Um, whatever undertones you want to find in there, it's it, it's not really explicit enough to have that to have it, it would have to be extremely subconscious and extremely effective in a way that just makes no sense. Yeah, I think it's it's people just want to take whatever's popular and kind of fit it into their uh, prescribed. You know that tw- the other speaking of tweets, that the uh, tweet of the guy who's only seen Boss Baby watching a second movie that says this has got a real Boss Baby vibe to it, <laughs> where like everyone just sees like another thing and they're like, wow, this is you know the. Yeah, the, oh, what was it? It was weird because I think that I think I it might have been a different tweet bounced based off of that one, or it might have been the same one. I think there was like some tweet that recently compared Breaking Bad and Fight Club, which I get that your there is definitely something there as far as both dealing with um, these, you know, is the is traditional masculinity kind of useless and obsolete in our modern you know late capitalist society and people trying to recapture that and finding excuses to like do that but like i mean fight club's another one where i think like people i get that some people genuinely misread it and are shitty about it but it's very weird to watch fight club and be like yeah, the moral of that story is you should be like Tyler Durden. Yeah, it's that's a whole can of worms, but yeah, I think it's uh, not. Yeah, you don't have to look at everything as. Uh, yeah, a, well, people do that with the Sopranos right. too. They try and be like, "Oh, you're you're supposed to." It wants you to be Tony, and it's like, I mean, on some level, sure, but also a Tony. You know, this is a weird... I bet no one's ever done this. You could almost draw literally just in this sense, the comparison between Tony and George. <laughs> that you're like, they both are regularly hooking up with women who people would probably say are, uh, you know, more conventionally attractive than they are. I mean, in Tony's case, it's because he's this, you know, clearly charismatic and forceful figure. His boss, natural. His boss energy. Big yeah, exactly. Here. He's like got a real. Uh, he definitely has, you know, this real uh, magnetism to him. And with George, it's because they didn't hire unattractive women to be on TV in the nineties, <laughs> and they still 
kind of doubt. Like the like you, they they wouldn't. It is. It would be easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for NBC to hire an actual unattractive woman to date George on Seinfeld. Like, <laughs> right. you would, I'm sure, like, if a woman showed up to audition who was anything less than uh, the 90s standard of incredibly beautiful, they'd just be like, oh, no, sorry, they already cleaned the gutters of the of Studio 6 or something. You can go. You're not... Oh, you're here to audition? Oh, that's illegal. Mm-hmm. That's... Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, look, say what you want about him. He repealed the law that forbid uh, sixes and unders from auditioning for roles in Hollywood. I mean, he did a lot of other stuff, but that we can all agree. <laughs> did he really? At wow. least was. Yeah, that was, hey, look, I think uh, I think because he probably, you know, he he's a certain sort of attractive. I think he, he at least empathized with people who don't fit a specific conventional standard of beauty. Because he's sort of a uh, action figure brought to life, mm-hmm. which, um, and so and so, you know, I mean, people obviously people have legitimate criticisms about him, but you know, him repealing that law that prevented uh, sixes and unders from auditioning to be on Seinfeld—that was one of his great achievements. And if not for the whole affair scandal. Maybe he would have passed a constitutional amendment. Maybe be in the White House. Maybe uh, he'd be passing laws for all the sixes and unders across America. Who knows? <laughs> I was going to make a joke about how that's why he did it is because he wanted to sleep with them. But yeah, probably, <laughs> that was just, probably no, that's probably true. Yeah. You, now that you say that, that is probably the reason he was just <laughs> like, "Look, I like Zins. <laughs> you know." I'm the reason you got to have that guest spot on Ugly Betty. <laughs> now, my wife Maria won't know. It probably doesn't help. She overheard one time because I'm the loudest man in the world. <laughs> I made the mistake. She was two miles from home. I did not think she would hear. But I am so loud. Um... Yeah, so that's the whole, and then at the end of this analysis thing, they're like, the ending of the show shows Sylvia comatose and Polly alive, which could indicate one of two things, but I bet you it doesn't indicate either. <laughs> they say either Silvio is gone because Tony had achieved his lifelong dream of inhabiting the role of the perfect gangster. I, that doesn't make any sense to me. I don't think Tony is, I guess, like, I mean, he wins by the end of it to some degree, but... I don't think that's like necessarily the high point of his uh, life or because that side of him is gone, leaving only a hollow cartoon shell, at which point – oh, okay, wait, here it comes. Leaving only a hollow cartoon shell, at which point nobody would want to continue watching. So they're saying if Silvio was gone, no one would continue watching, what? which I mean I do like Silvio, but I don't – I think this is uh, – I like that they then say – this is not WMG, which stands for Wild Mass Guessing. We'll get to that later. This is not Wild Mass Guessing, saying that they are figments of Tony's imagination. They served as two parallel foils to the protagonist. I feel like that's very weird to give... Not that they aren't great characters in their own right. I mean, I love everything with uh, Polly and Christopher. All, you know, it's, it's probably the most shared meme image or whatever but of chris saying uh you ever to polly like you ever worry nothing good's ever going to happen to you in your life and polly saying yeah and it didn't so what yeah. <laughs> like, 
that's like the best that the best line and i think that that's one of my favorites and another early favorite that always sticks out to me is when uh they get hired to beat up um the russian kevin pollock oh oh are you oh sorry i thought you were talking about pine barons no well that's i mean that's yeah obviously that's got so many great right right i mean that's that's from front to bed you know yeah, he said he's some kind of interior decorator. His home looked like shit. Like, uh, they get hired to beat up um, Kevin Pollack, who's like a Hasidic Jew who won't give the guy, mm-hmm. their client's uh, wife, a divorce. And Tony's, you know, beating the shit out of him. And he goes, oh, when the Jews were on Masada and the Romans had them surrounded, the Jews there committed mass suicide. And now the Jews are still here. Where are the Romans? And Tony goes, you're fucking looking yeah. at him. <laughs> he keeps beating him up. <laughs> uh the uh all right i think the next section that i had um highlighted sorry I, I have too many uh drive notes open i should be better about okay all right this one did i close this oh here it is okay uh oh head scratchers this is one of my favorite because it's it's for any of the pages it's where people ask um questions to be answered and they inevitably fall into one of two categories either like that's not like that's not supposed to have an answer or because it's a tv show like i don't think anyone's ever asked how come tony never has to pee or something but like they're like on that level of like wouldn't tony have to piss like these episodes a lot of them take place across like multiple days surely tony had to piss at some point during this time like um because the the first one is carmella repeatedly states that the reason she stays with tony is because the catholic church frowns on divorce if she's really concerned about her soul wouldn't aiding and abetting a violent psychopath be worse and it's like Wow, David Chase really uh, <sighs> dropped the ball on that one. Yeah. Did, if only there was an episode that explored that exact thing in detail. When uh, perhaps if Carmela went to see a therapist of her own, right, and that was the main topic of discussion for again a whole episode. If uh, I don't know, if if I think if maybe David Chase had added in a couple scenes of her uh, like clutching her own fur coat that she had just gotten as a gift while overhearing something about someone who was beat to death and then sort of having a look of distress on her face and then trying to push aside that cognitive dissonance there should if there was something like that i'm not sure if that explicitly happens but there are like every episode you've got something where she's obviously uh doing this i mean the um i do like the person who so the the answers are like cognitive dissonance uh she's just looking for excuses anyway sure not an expert on la cosa nostra but i always understood that a member of la cosa nostra saw their actions as somewhat justified um yeah i mean carmela's been deeply integrated in this world uh and surely she is not the only catholic person involved with the mob i like that they <laughs> 
<laughs> I like that they they uh, they make a big jump there, but I think they might be right. Yeah, I mean, and this is all explained in the show. You know, Tony views himself as a soldier, and they're you know one of my favorite lines in the show is when Doctor Melfi asks Tony, like, "Do you have any qualms about?" Uh, what you do for a living, meaning, you know, you break the law and do plenty of immoral things. And he says, yeah, because I, uh, I have to be like the sad clown, as in like uh, the my the qualms, the obvious qualms to him are having to, you know, keep up appearances and the sort of the social graces involved in the job and not like the, <laughs> the heinous things he does to people. Uh, yeah, not the murder. Yeah, and that's the interesting an interesting part of the show is they compartmentalize these two things and they do have a they do have an ethical code. It's just yeah. a, a bizarre one that um ultimately does, is not consistent with any religious tradition but still makes sense and is, is is internally consistent, right? You have honor, you have respect and all that stuff, but you are you can lie shoot and st- steal and you're expected to take murder and and take from people and just uh use your it's yeah use your your power um ruthlessly yeah. yeah and they have you know i mean it's the same way i think they feel like someone mentioned that explicitly the line in response to this person about uh calling them soldiers right and i like the person who says i always thought that carmel's devotion to catholicism was an in- intentional irony written into the show and i like that person because they almost seem to be doing the thing where you don't want to come across as condescending to someone who's like very clearly wrong and so you sort of give it as like uh oh well like it it seemed to me like that might have been intentional but you could be right it could have been a mistake yeah (laughs) yeah well it's right because i i remember this is like 10 years ago but i remember having this conversation with my uncle about the sopranos and you know i had been a long time fan of the sopranos and i want to go on record before it it enjoyed its resurgence i was a huge Huge fan, and it's kind of bittersweet to have all these people loving it now because it's uh, now it's quickly become cliche to, to like The Sopranos. But there was a time when no one else, no other millennials really gave a shit about it. But I remember talking with my uncle, and that was the main demographic that watched it when it was on air, was Baby Boomers. And he was saying uh, he didn't like it ultimately because he's like, well, you know, Tony thought about being a good guy and giving up the mob, but he didn't. And that's why it's a bad show. And I was like, that never happened. Like, never once does he actually consider that he should go straight and quit the mafia. Like, that's what makes it an interesting show is that he's not bound by the same sort of moral limits that most people are and should be. He's he's a, a sociopath. That's that's what makes him an interesting character, like this idea that people keep coming back to that, you know, you think you should judge a TV show by the moral choices that the characters make is just absurd. And I think I mean, that's the interesting right? is that thing is that also it's interesting to look at. And part of this is the language of TV. Part of its idea of the code is that and again, sorry, anyone who has not finished The Sopranos. And I'm not judging. Like I said, I, we watched it through for the first time last year. So it's not – It's there's still time for you. <laughs> but pause right now. Watch it all. Come back because total spoilers. I mean that's the interesting thing when, you know, Tony's 
had so many people die and killed so many people. But I think more so than anything else, the moment where he, uh, with Christopher, is still like, I feel like it'd be the cynical thing to say if you want to seem like a smarty pants who's too good for the TV show they've been watching is to say like, well, why should that matter? We've seen Tony kill all these people before. It's like, because this is different and you know this is different and like to pretend that this isn't different because it essentially, it's sort of break, it doesn't break the code necessarily and Tony really did go out of his way by his own standards and by the mob standards for Christopher because obviously you're saying when he yes. when he killed Christopher yeah okay. no I'm saying up until that point he'd gone so far out of his way to when they try and have like you know the intervention and previous times uh-huh. when he's looked out for him like he actually really compared to uh what you know I don't know a Phil Leotardo or uh and a preel or like obviously you could pick like the 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 real shitheads of the shitheads in the show but compared to like other people he really tried to go out on limb for him and you you almost get but you know that it's not something that he would ever be able to tell carmela i mean it's not it's he understands that it's not like she would say like oh sure well yeah how could you not you have to like you know you have, I mean, to, you have those moments you have to kill him yeah, he okay. would not Carmel, right? No, I mean yeah. he doesn't tell. No, yeah, he Carmel. keeps he doesn't it to tell himself. Anyone. Yeah, yeah, he says that he just—I forget exactly what they found him like that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They found him because uh, he ran his car off the road with the baby, right? Am I misremembering? I don't remember the baby in there, but they, I think they were in the. Or the, maybe it's the car seat was in there, and he knows that the baby. Right. Well, he looks at the yeah. He looks at the baby, the 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 car seat, and makes a yeah the makes a game time decision. Yeah, and to him and to Tony, it is, and I don't think he tells anyone. I think he sort of implies. I think he says to Melfi like he's sort of like, you know. But in some sense, it's good that happened, right? Like he doesn't outright say, "I found him alive and I killed him," but he says like that it's probably good at the end of the day that this guy died because he's a junkie he's whatever i mean it's it's yeah i mean that's like but that's again the thing where it's like well that's the we've seen him do all these bad things but that's the one of the worst things he's done sort of arguably from his own ethical perspective arguably from like a TV show character perspective. Yeah, I think, but I think he might think of that as the right thing to do because there's also, uh, in season five, he kills his cousin, and you know, on the surface, it's like, oh, well, that's yeah. that's shitty too. You, you kill your own cousin, but the reason he did that is so the New York mob wouldn't get to him and torture him. So he wanted to yeah. end it quickly. So I think for, and in this case too, this is. Christopher's life is just going to kind of drag on and he's going to make the people around yeah, him Yeah, I mean, more he miserable. sees it as the... Yeah, he sees it as the right thing. Yeah. I guess I'm saying he sort of... He wants... Other, he does on some level want other people to agree with him about that. Uh-huh. And he's not going to get that. Like, if he had told... No one he could tell. I mean, maybe he could tell, like, I don't know, Silvio or someone, and they'd sort of be like, well, yeah, geez, I mean, you gotta. I get what 
you're getting that. But, like, I don't think he could have told Carmella. He certainly could have told – couldn't have outright told Dr. Melfi because he starts trying to – right. again, I, it's been a while, since, so I might have been – I might be misremembering. I think he says to her something like, yeah, and he died. And he sort of starts – and she's like, that's so tragic. And he sort of starts trying to be like – but, like, in some ways it's good, right? <laughs> like, it's better that this happened. Yeah. And she's, like, horrified. He's like, eh, whatever. Um. But, I mean, there is, you know, it's that util- sort of uh, utilitarian calculus there where y- it's it, – there is almost something uh, appealing in applying that because, I, because I, I mean, you know, people talk about really simplified ideas of, I feel like, utilitarianism. But on some level – it's it's like a sliding scale right mm-hmm. like obviously people people like to ask like oh do the ends justify the means and it's like well that depends yeah what are the ends and what are the means yeah, and yeah. it's i think it's it's it feels like to the viewer at least and to me personally like you look at that and you're like you understand how he did that but it feels like it feels terrible to not say well look I don't know. Give him another shot. Maybe another intervention. Like, especially because I guess you see it from Chris's perspective also. I forget how he falls back into it. But I do remember thinking, like, oh, if Tony knew the full circumstances of this, maybe it would have been different. But also maybe that's some degree the uh, sentimentality you get from having, you know, whichever perspective. Anyway, the... uh, We'll we'll get back to head scratchers for a lighter, uh, <laughs> a lighter. Th- one of these it says this. I think you brought up to me before we started recording. Mm-hmm. It says the timing of Tony's therapy session seemed incredibly inconsistent. Some episodes showed Tony just sitting there in silence for about a minute, and then they would have brief discussion uh, before Doctor Melfi would say the time was up. And I can't believe Tony would just sit there and brood for almost an hour before saying something. This is one of the most idiotic think- things I've ever read, <laughs> ever anywhere. <laughs> Why do they think he was silent for an hour just because you saw <sighs> silence there? It's called in media res. You begin yeah. the scene after these people have already been there and been talking. There's th- stuff that they did that we didn't see. Like, like this, yeah. It's just mind-boggling that anyone would have that reaction. I liked someone asking, are you sure that there are scenes that explicitly show the beginning of the session and end with Tony's time expiring? As I recall, any scene that shows Tony first sitting down will end with either Tony storming out early or the show cutting away. Yeah, that would be the entire episode because a therapy session is 50 minutes to an hour long. So that would would be it. They've never shown an entire therapy session in its entire length. That makes no sense. There's a much more unique version i mean they did this anyway with a with, i think it's a showtime show called in in counseling or in therapy where or in treatment mm. where it's like each episode is actually just a full session with recurring characters and they're talking about you know what's happening outside of it but it is funny to imagine the version it would have been like it, it's it's why unique isn't always best because assuming this was before in treatment it would have been pretty unique if the Sopranos was a show about a mob boss and all the same stuff happened, but every episode was just one therapy session with Dr. Melfi, but it would have been terrible. Like it would have been unwatchable. Like it would, that wouldn't be good. That would, like, that would have been a good play. I think. 
Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah. Series that's... of plays. Do they do that? No, but still. They, I think they have. I mean, they have. Uh... Well, they have like part one, part two, but, you know. Yeah, and there's like um, some stuff that's sort of connected, I guess. Like I know Brighton Beach Memoirs mm. and Laughter on the 23rd Floor and, oh, Biloxi Blues. I think I got those out of order. I think Brighton Beach Memoirs, Biloxi Blues. Right, they're, they're the a se- but they're not like, you know, a season of. Yeah, last time right, on yeah. Neil Simon's semi-autobiographical life. Yeah, yeah. Um, my uh, Neil Simon and John McCain both died the day before my nephew was born. So we still are trying to see which one, <laughs> which one got reincarnated in there. It'd be a real odd couple if they're both in there. Right. He's just <laughs> he's uh really funny, but can't move his arms above his head. Yeah. Well, he's gets you know. I mean, he'll he. I don't think he he couldn't at first, but he grew into. Do you it. know? So maybe he had that. At, do you know if he's Jewish yet? Yeah. Okay. He's uh. That's that's okay. actually that's the way to tell. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. So the next question. This may be more of a no longer applicable. It just bugs me than a true head scratcher, which I need like a TV tropes to English dictionary to fully understand what this person is saying. But I am genuinely curious. What is up with that I have come to reclaim Rome for my people line Ralph uses in university? It's not from Gladiator. Yes, it is. My... Now, here's the weird thing. is They said, my best guess is the script for the episode was written before the movie was out. So an old script was used to cherry-pick quotes from. But the episode originally aired in April 2001, whereas the movie premiered in May of the previous year. Hard to say when shooting occurred. So, the <laughs> their best guess isn't that Ralph made up a line that he would have thought was something that was said in the movie. Their best guess is that the writers had access to an old script for Gladiator, even though Gladiator came out like over a year before the episode, and they were drawing from that. They, the movie was I out like the response. by the time they wrote the show. I it, He references yeah. the movie in the show. I don't know what, what else you would think it would be. Well, because they're saying that he says a line that is not in the movie. But I like that is the response just says, I'm guessing it's just Ralph being annoying and ignorant. I think that's probably a better guess than this fan fiction about them using an old script. Because, yeah, Ralph is, like, a blustering dumbass. Like, he, like, as, that, as is, as is exemplified in those scenes. Uh, why did Tony, why Tony Blundetto, Blundetto, thank you. Why Tony Blundetto doesn't kill Phil Leotardo when he has the chance. He leaves the scene with Billy dead on the floor, but Phil, the ruthless coppa responsible for the death of Blundetto's friend, is just there wounded. A final personal point-blank shot is in order here. It's a hasty scene. He has to get away quickly. Yeah. That. <laughs> right? Wait, I'm trying to write. This is when they're in the car, right? And he... Sorry, I'm still looking up the... Uh, I'm still looking... That's okay. okay. I didn't realize that that wasn't actually from Gladiator. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, he made up. Oh, a, now you agree? Oh, it. He made up. Now a, you... He made up a line that could that sounds like it was in the movie. That's not. Yeah, that's not that crazy. So, 
So now you buy into the uh, the old script, <laughs> the old script theory. No, I think they the movie was out, and they're like, "This is a movie Ralph would like," and he, yeah. you know, embellished a a line. Is that's that's not that crazy? Yeah, there's whole Mandela effect websites dedicated to like the quotes you think were. Uh, Right, play it again, Sam. Not in Casablanca. Yeah, yeah, that's a good example. Luke, I am your father. Not there. Wait. Does he, he doesn't apparently. say Luke? He apparently says no. Uh, Obi Wan never told you who your father is. You killed my father. No, I am your father. Oh, uh, okay. So that's right. The Luke part is is the uh, yeah. He doesn't say it. Luke, but that's like what the quote. I mean, the thing is, before the internet, people just had to do this from memory. Exactly. So yeah. like. You messed up things. There's, right. I think there's another. Oh, there's like another one. I guess that people um, in independent, which I haven't seen Independence Day. When Independence Day, Will Smith says "Welcome to Earth," and in a uh, somewhat casually racist way, people apparently it was quoted as "Earth," like they like put a. I'm putting hand quote finger quotes around. Uh-huh. They like quote unquote urbanize it okay. um, in a way that he does not in the quote. Um, so he's very clearly like "Welcome to Earth." Yeah, he says he turns to camera, and that's the weirdest thing. People know he turns to camera, and there's a five second shot, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's for this of his mouth, of him specifically, <laughs> tongue in teeth. <laughs> and people, people were like, and then people were like, I think he says Earth, and they were like, No, we're watching the movie again. See, see the five <laughs> second shot of tongue in teeth where he emphasizes. Um. Yeah, so, okay. The Tony Blundetto killing Philly, I don't... I remember this was outside in the car. Some of, like, the specifics of, like, they're t- so a sec... They're talking about kind of a shootout, right? Where they, they try to kill Tony yeah, B, but I they don't succeed, right? Yeah, because I think he, he... This is why he goes after... Okay, wait. The Tony Blundetto is, um... Uh, don't tell me, because I, I I know who he is, but it's the name, the guy who's in um Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. I know. Sorry, I, I didn't want to. <laughs> some things are like so you're gonna like hate yourself if you don't get right. there. So like I'm I'm not gonna forget who Steve Bush Steve Buscemi's name. Like I needed that to I needed to get there myself. So I I got there right as you were about to say it. Steve Buscemi, um, because he fucks it up, is the whole thing, right? Like he he. Like it's a fuck up in the scene, I think, when, right? Because then he like runs off and he's like, "Oh, what, he tries to kill Phil." Yeah, okay. but he kills Billy. That's All right. right. He definitely is, kills Billy, Leotardo, and Phil is outraged. Yeah, and he panics. Like that's the whole thing. Okay. So I don't know why he should have known better. The whole thing is he's been out of the game for like twenty years, and he's. Yeah, one of the saddest parts of The Sopranos to me mm-hmm. is when he loses his cool and beats up the uh, the guy who's going to business with the salon. With the salon, he's mm-hmm. like, "Ah, oh, you were so close to going straight and yeah. having this massage business," and then he just throws it all away because yeah. he gets the money because he scores a blondetto. Yeah. The. Okay, how did AJ get past the guards when he visited Junior with a knife on him? Do those places really not check pat-down visitors? 
I mean, that's like the kind of thing where you're like, I don't know, he's a kid. They probably weren't as careful. Yeah, I don't. I, he, I bet they, they're not that strict with it. Maybe this. Wait, when did that? That was, was it a po- pre nine eleven episode. I th- also, I think it was actually post nine eleven. But still, like a okay. mental institution, that's not the same as, you know, an airport, an airport. or yeah, or a jail. Right. Yeah, because he's in an asylum, right? Because yeah. he's he's losing it. Yeah, that did be less concern. Um. If Pussy really was the rat, then why did Jimmy go to jail so suddenly? Just a bad coincidence? Uh, they say Jimmy might have also been a rat. Um, I, they were both flipped. Yeah, I, I don't think Jimmy was a rat. I think that that was the whole point, was that yeah. he's not a rat, you know. Uh, I mean, him getting out of jail quick, that can happen, right? That's, that's yeah. a little sus, but I don't think that is anywhere near definitive evidence that he was a rat and obviously the point of that episode was that Tony jumped the gun and wanted to yeah was looking for anybody but pussy to be a rat so. yeah because that's the whole thing is that's bothering him and that's like another thing where he's clearly he does feel something in terms of like not wanting to be pussy but mm-hmm. um in season six after gets Tony after Tony gets shot why there's another stupid one why is the entire family with no gloves or hair nuts hairnets in the room looking at his open surgery not to mention why is tony lying there staring into an open wound someone said someone's misremembering it when the family is in the same room with tony the surgery hasn't begun yet soon after they are rushed out by the doctor this is you are on the internet you should have looked this up before asking (laughs) owned uh they got this person was just yeah they got obliterated with that question yeah they got him they should have they should have sent uh they were like well sorry i was actually uh stranded in the alps i had one of those dogs come to me with like the bourbon in its uh in its collar and i sent it back with a note to post on tv tropes because i was thinking about this (laughs) uh the next one why isn't livio arrested by the fbi for conspiring to kill tony and junior because they try and get tony to flip by playing the the stuff because she's old and they don't care and she wasn't like that's a good question, but I think the I th- think if they had tried to done that to have done that that really I mean number one she's not their target they want to go after members of the mob number two that yeah. would have been very hard to convict an old lady for just saying things who's confused what they were trying to do with that is get Tony to turn against her uh, which yeah, exactly. was would have been much easier than you know actually convicting her which wouldn't have really done anything for. Her. For their goal. Yeah. Uh, this one I love because it says, is the FBI helping anyone? Seems to me like everyone that the FBI turns ends up dead. And they don't provide much protection to people who are being sent to dangerous situations on their behalf. Yes, these people are cooperating because they're criminals. But the feds don't seem too bothered by whether they live or die despite claiming the moral high, moral high ground. Is there ever any repercussions from the FBI basically issuing death sentences for their informants? I get this person like tv tropes themselves into defund the police yeah. <laughs> or something here right <laughs> just like i think yeah the um, sopranos provides one of the most accurate and honest portrayals of law enforcement specifically the federal bureau of investigation than, than any other show on in the history of television or movies like it's they are yeah they have this air of moral superiority but they are fuck-ups and they ultimately do not give a shit about the people that they say they're helping yeah there was an interesting if anyone wants a recommendation of a video that thought was that highlights some specific instances are interesting of um though there's probably other places you could find it too but there was a recent 
philosophy tube video that goes into some of the uh uh fbi anti-terrorism cases that were you know there's a i mean so many of these but that it it was like you know even like specific fbi agents who were talking about the ways where like it's very disheartening if you go in kind of hoping to uh do something good and stop specific things then you kind of find yourself essentially framing someone Mm -hmm. and just creating uh plots that you then get them to agree to and then are like whoop you agreed to a plot and it's like well you know you were like doing you were you were essentially creating this plot and then wouldn't stop until someone agreed to it and then we're like there you go Mm -hmm. uh this is why didn't the fbi just bug a car there are many instances in the show in which tony and his friends discuss business while driving tony openly discusses does no one ever drive bug a car i feel like they do at some point Hmm. it seems an easy task for the feds to plant a bug in a car overnight okay buddy then you do it (laughs) right Right? you have to break into the car and no one sees you and uh yeah and i don't know if they i think they're just as careful in the car as they are on their phones or yeah this is a weird thing they say while the bada bing and satriales were swept for bugs once a week it's far-fetched that they would inspect their cars regularly enough why is that far-fetched that seems very reasonable yeah why wouldn't they inspect their cars that's much that's less room than they probably inspect their guns for bugs yeah how was Tony ever considered a person of interest for Fred's murder? Tony found Fabian. Oh, this is a long one. We're not. Uh, this is feels like a technical and specific one. They only probably remember. Does, did Pig Pussy really have options? Like Tony said, let's imagine during a meeting in Big Pussy's Big Pussy's living room, Pussy would have come clean to Tony about working at the FBI. Would his fate have been different? Friends or no friends, right as a rap, but coming clean would have meant some leniency. Uh, no, it didn't. No, it doesn't. <laughs> didn't Carmela come clean and was? Yeah, and was murdered. <laughs> Carmella? She... Not Carmella. Uh, Adriana. Oh, Adriana. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not Carmella. Sorry. Um, Adriana comes clean and is killed. Yeah. Almost immediately afterwards. Um, like, the... Yeah, what? I don't think... I think this person... I like the people who are like, were I in that situation, I would have simply... Uh, explain myself to tony while keeping both the fbi and tony happy and in my good graces <laughs> instead of getting murdered on a boat maybe you could he could have tried to be a triple agent you know like he's intentionally helping people with their cars when they break down the side <laughs> of the road <laughs> that's uh that's his wife Ange. uh yeah no, but like oh that's a good point <laughs> But like you know, she's the triple H. What's what's a movie where this happens? I'm f- forgetting. But you know, somebody who's a double agent, and then they convince the you know mob or whoever they're supposed to spy yeah. on that they're oh they're actually gonna flip or mislead the uh, Ozark. I think that happens in Ozark. Well, it does. Uh, well, yeah. yeah I mean, that's kind of Matt Damon's character, but the Departed has. There's the one. There's the. They're both on the other sides yeah. of it, and then Jack Nicholson was also spoiler informant. Sorry, yeah, spoilers for Departed. Full spoiler podcast, um, which I never fully understood at the time. I was like, well, who are they trying to get? 
thanks for trying to get that chip deal or whatever but i'm like they know that he's like who who's he's the, he's the big dog right uh the big dog who says uh who says slurs at the start of the movie <laughs> says the i the irish had it much harder um for no reason that never yeah. comes up again <laughs> just just the n-word uh but uh opens the movie with the n-word yeah um, but like I think in real life, because this is yeah a viewer TV viewer brand thing to say. It's like oh I just would have you know played both of them and I would have convinced Tony that I you, you need me undercover. Um, yeah. But in real life, I don't think that it works that way. You know, I think they would just say if if you came to Tony Soprano and was like hey I'm I am a, a rat but you can use me. <laughs> I think he would just say no. <laughs> I'm going to kill yeah. you now. No, I mean, yeah. what he's supposed to do is not flip and go to jail. Or, right. like, get a lawyer and take it a trial and try and fight it right. whatever, and then go to jail. Yeah. Like, he's, you're not supposed to agree to flip and then say, like, ah, but I flipped because it's good for all of right, us. Right, right. Like, they have, that's not. They have, cop, uh, they, they have cops they pay off, you know, for this yeah. sort of thing already. Exactly. Yeah, he's specifically got that one guy. He's got that guy. You know the yeah. one. Yeah, John Hurt. Yeah. Uh, is there anything Adriana could have done to avoid getting killed, or was she just done for as soon as she got questioned by the FBI? Asked for a um, lawyer. She should have asked for a lawyer. Yeah. Which is uh, I've actually very different scenario, but I felt, well, this was a scam I fell for, unfortunately. And, you know, after watching all these movies and TV shows, I'm like, well, if I'm ever in that situation, I'm first thing I'm do is ask for a lawyer, speak to my lawyer, yeah. and then it happened. Someone told me my account was being used for money laundering, and I'm an idiot, so I fell for it. And I was like, "Well, I want to see a lawyer first, but I don't have a lawyer, so I guess I gotta comply." Wow. <laughs> so if you don't have yeah, a lawyer no. on hand in real life, it is actually, you know, you... Well, I hope you were able to recover uh, or block or figure out some. Uh... I yeah, I lost some money, but yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, you know, I support organized crime. It's uh, after years. Yeah, of there you go. You know what? They're an endangered Just think species. Of it, yeah, that's that's the way to think yeah. of it. That's a good like. That's a good outlook. That's that's good. Um, did your charity to uh, for a good cause for the cause of keeping the world more interesting? Right. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. This person says she had demanded a lawyer. Uh, so how much did Tony and Richie get from busting out David Scatino? He owned a, owed a, all right, this is, it's, we're going to, I don't want to do one about specific math. Unlike <laughs> I would the money say at least a hundred grand from okay, all this liquidating go. all of that stuff in that store. I, I pro, maybe more. Yeah. Yeah. They said he owed about 53,000, gave Tony's kid his car, which would have wiped from five to 15,000. Yeah, I guess it was a pretty nice car, maybe. All the stuff they ordered. Yeah, people are... Someone here also says 100000 or so. Yeah. Um, why aren't the police investigate all those shootings and murders? Uh, Which ones? Let's see. Uh, some of the civil servants who can control local police. It says... Tony and his crew are endlessly worried about the FBI, but shouldn't they be worried about state and local cops? They do. Sometimes there's that whole thing with the uh, the person. Wasn't it the person like on in, near that park? That national park. There's one time. 
You mean the guy who overhears? Uh, someone brings up the waiter in uh, oh. that they don't do that. Yeah, there are state troopers. They talk about troopers. Yeah, I, th- I mean they they pay off. I feel like it's easier to pay off local authorities. And I, I don't really know for sure, but I think John Hurd, who we just mentioned, he might be a state, state police, yeah, state investigator or something. Um. Yeah, it's implied that they're feared and good at intimidating witnesses, and the local police are. Uh, immediately chewed out by the feds because they're they don't want them to mess up um their uh investigation ongoing mm-hmm. uh how was junior able to leave his house when he had an electric monitoring brace there are a lot of these let's uh let's uh there's a couple things to still look at so um This is another one that I love because it's just missing the point. So what did happen to that Russian guy in the forest? <laughs> you just want, like, uh, the Russian uh, the Russian special forces guy went, to, like, in, like at the end of Animal House, but just, like, and the Russian special forces guy went on to start a pierogi stand yeah. <laughs> in Nebraska. Like, what do you want? Like, like, he's dead or he's not. That's the whole point. <laughs> like, Right. Terrence Winter, who... Uh was one of the writers on that episode said that he knows what happened to the Russian, but he will never tell anybody. Oh, see, that's the way to go. Didn't David Chase recently say, Oh my, okay. David, Chase, I saw headlines. Did you look into it? I didn't look. Cause I was like, I don't care. That's not the point that said that David Chase revealed what happened after the finale. I think I did. But when I read the article, it was just the same thing he's been saying for the past, you know, 15 years or however long. It says, I mean, I'm going to look. This might be a big, uh, David, uh, Sopranos creator finally confirms Tony's fate. Are you ready to, I mean, you might be right, and this is just going to be underwhelming and clickbait, which it probably is. But uh, he said, at the beginning of every show, he came from New York into New Jersey. The last thing would be coming from New Jersey back into New York for a meeting for which he was going to be killed. But while driving along Ocean Park, he said he spotted small greasy spoon breakfast and thought Tony should get it in a place like that. So it sounds like he's saying yes. He it ju- it sounds like he said uh, that he didn't want that he didn't like that people wanted to see him killed. Right. But that, yes, that's what happened, which is a little underwhelming. Like, I feel like it's better just to be like, why after all this time? I guess to promote the many saints of Newark, he was like, time to finally reveal. Yeah. I mean, he said basically the same thing after it came out. He was like mad at the audience because like, oh, what? You really want to see this guy's face, you know, laying dead in a plate of noodles or whatever? Yeah. Plate of linguine, he said. Yeah. They were like, yes, we need it. Um, don't stop believing. Don't stop. The, uh, this says, so I guess David Chase has just been doing the rounds on these over the last decade. Because it says for, uh, so sorry for Terrence Winters, who apparently want to keep it a secret. It says David Chase said that in an interview. Okay, he believes. So it's, he's not saying it is. It's his interpretation. 
that Valeri lived but suffered severe brain damage. His idea, which he wrote but never filmed, was that an unconscious Valeri was found a day later by a Boy Scout troop and taken to a hospital. He was reunited with Slava, but the gunshot left him essentially lobotomized. A couple of seasons later, they would visit Slava's business, and he'd encounter Valeri sleeping the floor, and Valeri looks him right in the face, doesn't recognize him. Uh, yeah, I think it's better that you just never yeah. see him again. <laughs> um, yeah, all right. There's Okay, so we're, we'll, uh, we got a couple more sections to look at. We'll go. One of them is, why, is WMG, which is Wild Mass Guessing. So, in the defense of whoever the people are who are writing this, they are acknowledging these are crazy guesses. Uh, but they could have just not done it. I don't think that makes it so much better that you're like, here are some crazy guesses. So, this one, someone says, Tony is Schrodinger's cat. <laughs> Obviously, no one... Huh? I just is that, I just laughed, chortled. Is, is that too wild? Is that... This says, no one knows what happened to Tony, including the people who wrote it. Obviously, that is something intentionally left unknown for a potential sequel, or if there is one, it'll just be known forever. It doesn't make him Schrodinger's cat. It's just <laughs> an ambiguous ending. Uh, Tony was neither killed nor arrested and lives out a full life of freedom. The final episode contains no particular indication that Tony is killed or that he has any greater imprisonment. Uh... The screen suddenly goes black and the episode ends. But remember what a large segment of the audience, including the head of HBO, I don't care, thought about – it's appeal to authority, sir uh, – <laughs> thought about the blackout. They thought their cable had failed and the episode was continuing without them watching it. The show's creator intended this, not as a practical joke, but as a statement. By simulating a cable failure and getting millions of people to imagine Tony's story playing out unobserved, he avoids having any ending at all. After all, if you can imagine a few minutes of Tony's story that you're missing – just imagine decades more. Even the soundtrack supports this theory. Basically, the movie never ends. It goes on and on and oh, on. Yeah, no. All right. Okay. That's true. You can imagine whatever you want. Fine. Uh, the Sopranos and Max Payne take place in the same universe. No, they don't. <laughs> this person says the Invincible Russian was on V, 1983. Huh? Most likely the same kind that Max is on. What? I, okay. Not... The Invincible Russian was on V, which I think is the lizard the lizard show. Right? Then there was another lizard show that v. came. Oh, it's a show that's like lizard people come to Earth. There was like an older one and then I actually saw the uh the reimagining of it. They disguise themselves as people, so it's like Lizard you know. people? Yeah, it's like lizard people okay. come to life. Uh but then also, most likely the same kind that Max is on. I don't know what Max Payne. It says, see the Max Payne entry for more details. But you go there for wild mass guessing. Wait, was Max Payne okay. a show, too? I thought that was just a video game. Uh, I think they made it into a movie oh, okay. after the video game. It says... Uh... Okay, so I'm on the Max Payne wild mass guessing, which one of the guesses is Max Payne is in The Matrix. I don't think... I haven't seen it. You haven't seen The Matrix? No, I've seen oh, The okay. Matrix. I haven't seen Max oh, Payne. Okay. I haven't seen or played Max Payne. I've seen The Matrix. Don't worry. But I, I don't think... like You could say that about literally any other TV show that's actually taking place in The Matrix. Uh -huh. um, all right. I don't... No, it, there are a lot of wild mass guessing for this. I just want to find out what why they think The Sopranos... Okay. I'm done. That's enough of that. 
the cameraman got whacked in the finale. Could have happened. This is huh? Could have happened. Sure, yeah. This is saying um, this posits that in their universe they agreed to be on a reality TV show as part of a plea deal. <laughs> That's fun, at least. That is right? fun. That's someone trying to have fun. I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, Tony and his family were killed by terrorists. <laughs> That's probably my favorite. The whole Stins is <laughs> just says... blown up by, uh, by Al-Qaeda. Yeah, the show dropped several hints and the potential connections between terror and the mafia. The Middle Eastern men who try to buy Tech Nines from Chris are one example. There's also the arc where Tony tries to buy his way out from FBI scrutiny by trading terrorism information. And then, of course, there's the final scene with the FBI agent where he worries about chatter of an imminent hijacking at Newark. Then as Meadow crosses the street to the diner, the last hound you hear is that of an aircraft engine. The terrorists tried to buy guns from Chris, ultimately attempted their hijacking, but before they could reach Manhattan, something went wrong, and the plane hit New Jersey instead. Obviously, HBO couldn't show this ending in detail because it's still too soon. Right. They really wanted to. They filmed it, but they couldn't bring it to air. <laughs> I will say, I think I agree with you. That's my favorite one is that another 9-11 happened where they – but they drove it right into a diner in New Jersey and killed Tony. Well, this is not long before the Sully era, right? That was like 2008, right? 2008, 2009. So maybe Sully yeah. actually crashed into Holston's in this sort of alternate reading of history. Maybe. Hey, it's possible. This uh, What's Sully been up to? I guess he's a speaker, author, safety advocate. That makes sense. Yeah. That's like a pretty good... I don't know how long that lasts, but that's probably... He has a LinkedIn page. That's funny to me for some reason. <laughs> he has a LinkedIn? Well. Yeah, just this Captain Sully Sullenberger, keynote speaker. Uh, Captain Sully Sullenberger has been dedicated to the pursuit of safety his entire life. While he's best known for serving as captain during what has been called the Miracle of the Hudson... He is a safety expert, speaker, and author. He still flies privately. It's, I bet it does. It, it's kind of funny to okay. So he has he he writes review like he writes LinkedIn articles. He's like he's not just on LinkedIn. He's a LinkedIn guy. Okay, he's a LinkedIn influencer. Yeah. Wow. I guess that's uh. I guess that's something to do. He was nominated. Let me see this. You know, I guess at least he didn't become, like, a QAnon guy, right? Like, right. He is one of those, like, you know, old-school Republicans. Yeah, I get the sense he's, like, uh, like a Wrighton Romney guy. Yeah. I believe he also testified—well, this was in, yeah, Capitalism, a Love Story, where he testified yeah. that uh, pilots aren't making enough money. Well, yeah, that—okay, that makes sense. He okay, so he was most recently nominated by Joe Biden to serve as the U.S. ambassador to the Council of International Civil Aviation Organization. Well, that seems like the best guy to do that for. I guess I don't know who else you're going to send. Right. He's the most famous pilot, so yeah. our our generation's Lindbergh. Yeah, is <laughs> with hopefully without the anti-Semitism or the baby getting kidnapped. Yeah, yeah. They they never figured that out, did they? The no, they. Uh, I'm sure the, the real guy or the guy who got caught probably did not do it. I think where that's almost conclusive. 
Interesting. So it's still on that. Okay. Um, Tony got whacked in the finale. Uh, yeah, that's not that crazy a thing. Um, that's uh, just one of the... This college humor video appears to back up the Tony gets whacked theory. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I, I don't know if that applies. Uh, Tony was cooperating, was a cooperating informant for the government the entire series. Ooh. I don't think so. Yeah, I think they would have shown that. Yeah, think about it. All of his opponents ended up... Well, that's like the whole thing now. People want to be smarter than the TV show, so they have to pretend that there's like something with no evidence. Yeah. Or like those things where they're like, all the Rugrats are dead. <laughs> have you heard no. that? Oh, it's the... there. It's, again, based off nothing, but see, I, it's that... Uh, uh, it's that uh, Angelica's like the only real one, and all the other Rugrats died, and she's just imagining so that. So she's like playing with her little dead baby dolls? Yeah, pretty okay. much. Um, all of his opponents end up dead or in jail. All of them! Uh, yeah, I mean, that's how the t- Again, he would have died or ended up in jail. That's how that the mob works, happen. yeah. Yeah. He killed at least six people over the run of the series and was never brought for any kind of questioning or brought up on charges. Yes, no, he... Okay. The FBI searched his home and yet found nothing. No guns, cash, or evidence. Yeah, because he's... Well, why would they have searched it? Who's he cooperating with in this? Okay. He was the head of a mafia family and was able to go to a psychiatrist for six years and wasn't whacked by either of his men or his enemies. Yeah, this is all... This is just the show. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Carmela and AJ are killed along with Tony. That just seems like a bummer. <laughs> I don't know why you need to think about that alternatively meadow was killed moments after tony this is just someone's being like after he uh was shot they also shot his family and you're like i guess why are you trying to speculate i don't think the meadow part of that tracks maybe carmella and aj because they were sitting right next to him but carmella was coming into the diner ostensibly right as the shooting happened yeah um your cable actually did go out (laughs) <laughs> okay uh tony is alive the ending is about paranoia not death yes that's the other thing the onion rings were poisoned yeah <laughs> uh sure well that's uh, why i think it is is a good ending honestly is because that's kind of tony's life is every time he looks up he doesn't know if he's gonna see yeah. his daughter or a gun shooting him someone with a yeah. gun yeah the man who greeted Tony at the retirement home of death, it was Nucky Thompson inside waiting for. Oh, ugh, okay, sure. It's the uh, that it was a Boardwalk Empire crossover. Oh. They're saying the guys and the members only. All right, Tony was killed by Adriana. Oh, this is the stupid. woods. Yeah, she escaped. She Sylvia escaped, and she got someone to come kill him. Uh. Tony wasn't whacked at the end of the series. That's a lot. He's just all right. Tony was actually Kevin Finnerty in real life. All right. <laughs> Meadow killed Tony. <laughs> okay. Uh, Tony didn't die in any conventional way. Oh, God. All right. Yeah, great. This person says uh, he was snapped by Thanos. Hmm. It's these people. Could you could say, just let him have fun. No, I refuse. <laughs> I'm unhappy this is happening. Um, Polly had Tony whacked. Really? Mm. 
doubt it. I don't. I don't think there's reason to think that. Uh, all right. Yeah, the members own. Yeah, the medium Polly saw wasn't really a psychic. Yeah, sure. Doctor Melfi kills Tony. No. No. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think that's the case. All right, let's we're, let's start wrapping things down. There's your mileage may vary. Um. Where this is just asking questions. Is to is Polly Walnuts a ruthless psychopath or just a turbulent man with a childlike mind and poor impulse control? Both. Yeah, I don't know why you need to settle on one of these. Uh, someone said they didn't like Vito's arc. They thought it went too long. Um, well. Okay. I That's one of those things where it's like, I'm sure that... I, I, I think it's like, there's probably... I think you can make that argument mm -hmm. without being homophobic, but also it feels like anyone who specifically is, like, upset about that is probably, like, like, I don't know. I like Vito's arc. I like that he, it's really, that he goes back, that he's, he shouldn't have gone back. Yeah, I found it interesting. I think there's a lot of things in The Sopranos, like the, and the Kevin Finnerty sequence, which happens that same season where it's arguably completely unnecessary but still is really interesting and a kind of compelling watch. They say that when he's being Kevin Faraday, he doesn't he's not talking like Tony, which I don't think I noticed. At the it's time. yeah. I saw that after cuz James Gandolfini is is from was from New Jersey but doesn't have as thick of an accent as Tony. And so he kind of his his uh he, his R's are a little harder, and he doesn't. Um, the accent isn't as strong as Kevin Finnerty, yeah. too. Got a ward snubbed. Okay, a lot of these are just critical research failure. New Jersey fans took issue with a scene in Pine Barrens in which Tony pumps his gas himself, as the state is one of the two where the law requires you to stay in your car. Yeah, I don't know about that. That is. One of the uh, – is it still only that way in Jersey? I think Oregon changed it. Oh, right, right, right. That is – I have noticed when I've been – my girlfriend's in New Jersey, so we've been there a few times, and they do uh, they do pump their gas for you. So maybe it's – yeah. maybe South Jersey is a little different, though, because I, she, she's from maybe. North Jersey. Well, he's – Yeah. That's when they do um I do wonder uh there was something funny when Oregon was apparently changing its law to let people pump their own gas and like the people were showing Facebook comments on the news story that were like so I'm supposed to go in the morning before work show up covered in gasoline <laughs> and just like <laughs> you know that people have been doing this in other right. states God. for like the whole time like I always I worry sometimes where I'm like ah did my what if my cell phone rings what if whatever I kind of just settle on the thing that if it was easy to make a fireball at the gas station it'd be happening all the time like clearly it's like if you're not fucking around I assume that you that it's not that easy for not lighting right? a like, match then yeah. I think you'll be fine a cell phone um, is not I've heard that too that the cell phone if you enter a cell phone in a gas station. 
everything will explode. That that is not the case. Yeah, it seems like it would have. I mean, you that would be happening right. constantly. Like there'd be no. If that was the case, I'm sure they would just make you every state would just have an attendant. Yeah. I mean, maybe like some states, they'd be like, you have a right to pump your own gas. You know, we're not. We don't care how many gas stations blow up. We are not going to stop mm-hmm. that. Um. Yeah, there's a. Uh, see what the last entry on this is and then we can start oh this is kind of funny it says values dissonance in the pinball game the sopranos pinball game if the game is has adult mode turned off this is very stupid so the pinball game this person is is pointing out that the pinball game has two settings and you can turn adult mode off and then the pinball game won't have any cursing or profanity, but it still has committing arson and burying body and burying bodies and beating up civilians. And it's like in, in pinball form. <laughs> like we well, already talked about, you know, arguments about whether people um could have a uh you know be affected by media and TV shows. I feel like they're probably not going to be affected by the pinball. What machine. is the adult mode? There's titties or something? It's apparently it's curses at you. <laughs> like the things like, you know, like you get like a bonus shot or something and Tony's probably like, you getting fucking points or something? I've, I've played that game and I did not notice. I was a child. I was not an adult at the time. So maybe it sensed Maybe that's that. right. The adult mode yeah. was turned off. Uh-huh. Let's see. Sopranos, uh, Sopranos, pinball, adult mode, difference. So, um, yeah, apparently when the adult mode is on, it says, uh, okay, so they're, they say fuck. The pinball machine says fuck, but the they bleep it if it's on okay. adult mode, I guess. Um, this, the, the last thing we'll do, we'll finish off this. Cause this is kind of interesting is I found this. Someone said that, uh, the Japanese dub had a curious one regarding episodes titles. Unlike Japanese translations from other shows, uh, the episode titles of this show are one word titles. Instead, this was done since many of the titles in the English are either American idioms or shout outs from shows unknown in Japan. For example, the title of the first episode, the, Sh- the Sopranos, was renamed Kazoku, Family. I Dream of Genie Kusamano became Zoo, Hatred, and so on. Hatred. The Japanese name of the last episode, Made in America, was named Aishu, Sorrow. <laughs> after, apparently, after the Japanese subtitle of the show... Aishu no Mafia, the Sorrowful Mafia. Interesting. Is that really the Sorrowful Mafia? Is this... Okay, I can't find this. I'm suspicious of this person. The The Sorrowful Mafia Japan, Sopranos. Yeah. Uh, Huh. The Sopranos, so, I guess 
Alright. No, it's just bringing me back to TV tropes. I'm suspicious about this. The, um... This says... I don't know what... Alright. I'm on some site that's like half in Japanese. I don't know. I, we're, this is... We're, we're gone too far afield. I think we'll, uh... We'll take it back in. Um... But, uh, Anders, thank you. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've gone a little long, so I think we can skip the trope quiz unless you were, uh, unless you were really angling. Forget about it. Guess a trope. But there we go. <laughs> um, so yeah, thank you for making the time. Thank you for joining, uh, to see some of the worst people on the internet talk. I guess not the worst people. Well, I, not, I would say the worst. Some of those takes were yeah. All right, that's fair. Completely unredeeming. Right, they rank right below you know. A Chan. Whatever uh, Stormfront is saying on their <laughs> Sopranos. Right. Uh, I'm curious. They're like Sopranos. What do they think about the Sopranos? Are they pro? Do they let Italians in the in the fold? Let's see. I'm gonna write. Do Nazis like the Sopranos? <laughs> and just see what comes up. Um. When the great German soprano Elizabeth Schwarzkopf died earlier this year, the obituarists glossed over her Nazi past. <laughs> that, that was from 2006. Okay. So this year was 2006. Okay. Um, so that doesn't answer your question at all, but you learned something new about uh, stop glorifying, uh, stop normalizing Elizabeth Schwarzkopf's Nazi past. Um, we don't... Uh, you know, all her obituaries. We all remember at the time people arguing about whether it's okay to focus on the bad stuff or whether we should only talk about her singing. Elizabeth Schwarzkopf, 2006. We were all there. That's right. Um, all right. Well, Anders, you have anything you'd like to plug? Uh, Podcast America. Check it out. We're wherever you can find podcasts and uh, redacted tonight on YouTube and Portable.tv. Nice. And uh, I'm Andrew Taven on Twitter and on uh, andrewtaven.com. That's got everything else. If you look at those, you'll see whatever you need to see. And, uh, yeah, Anders, thank you very much. And uh, I don't remember how I signed this show off. I think I it always leads to me saying that. So uh, if you remember, whisper it to yourself. And have yourself a lovely evening. Tropes out. That's good. Tropes out. That's good. That's that's good.